Hey guys, it's Kurt again, uh, and it's another episode of Parenting Today. Today we're going to continue our discussion of Bird Box. Uh, John and I watched the movie, and uh, we kind of got into it a little bit on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to finish our discussion uh, today. Also, just another reminder that you can check out the RYM Student Podcast. It uh, uploads three times a week, uh, brief little uh, pericopes from our uh, from our different conferences uh, on different topics. Great speakers. And you can find that uh, wherever you get your podcast, RYM Student Podcast. Uh, anyway, we're going to send it to Joe Deegan now, and then uh, John and I will uh, start talking about Bird Box. everybody welcome back to parenting today uh, we hope you tuned in on tuesday uh, you know that we are discussing the netflix film bird box so if you missed that i'd encourage you to go back um, because it was amazing uh, you uh, would miss a lot of the wise nuggets that we passed on from that episode so be sure to to go back and uh, check that out um kurt we talked about kind of some of the creational good that we can I uh, appreciate about the film. Got into the fall a little bit, and now we get into redemption. And, of course, there's always some overlap, and we go back and forth and, and all that. Um, so as as we're getting into that, just some things, you know, I've got this pulled up on IMDb, um, which, you know, imdb.com is a very uh, interesting website, very helpful, all kinds of uh, facts about movies. And I've got some of the trivia pulled up. Um, let, me, let me just – I'm going to ask you this question before I read the – the actual trivia. Don't try to Google it, Kurt. I'm, 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 going, to, I'm going to ask for a percentage here. Uh, Sandra Bullock said she was blindfolded for about blank percentage of the shooting schedule. How much of the shooting schedule do you think Sandra Bullock was blindfolded for? What what percentage would you say? That she said or actually? She, that she said. So, look, she's the one who's blindfolded, so she's giving a number. Let's just go with it. Okay, I'll say that she said 50%. Correct, Kurt. Good job. Is that right? She, she said wow. 50%. Yeah. Now, here, here's here's something I have to say about that. I, now, I'm a natural skeptic. Yes. I'm, everyone everyone who listens to this already <laughs> knows that without me having to say it. That's like... The fact that I like laughed her, when you said it is kind of tough. That's like her explaining the painting. It's like, it means people are together, but they're not connected. Be like, okay, we got it. Thanks, you know? <laughs> but... but I feel like if I was filming this movie, if I put myself in Sandra Bullock's shoes for a minute and I had to be blindfolded a bunch, I bet she wasn't blindfolded half the time, but it felt like she was blindfolded way more of the time. You know what I mean? Um, because, man, <laughs> respect to actors and actresses who pull this off. You know, like they have to do a lot of, you know, they have to be able to do a lot of crazy things. But I can't imagine like how frequently she would have, I mean, I just, I can't imagine how annoying it would be to frequently, you know, all right, all right, well, I got to put this blindfold back on and you just feel like you're in it for such a long time. So anyway. Yeah, and it, it, it um, does, it's things like that too, that just kind of create some buzz about the movie. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there's yeah. an, another little trivia that, that kind of uh, follows up on this. It just says that um, according to an article, uh, the director stated that she suffered many sleepless nights because Sandra Bullock refused to cut holes in the blindfold. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why that caused the director to toss and turn because of the torture that Sandra Bullock was going through um, to not cut holes in her blindfold. But 
Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, I wonder, I mean, they can do so many things with CGI. And I wondered, I did wonder about in several scenes, I was like, well, did she have a hole cut in one of her eye, in, in one side? You know, if she shot from one side or the other side, she could have a hole cut in the, um, it's interesting that she refused to do that. But maybe she's a method actor. She's just really got to get into character. So, That's true. You know. And, you know, it, awesome. could be, it could be, too, that the blindfolds were fairly transparent for them. Maybe they could see through a little mm-hmm. bit more than, mm-hmm. you know, what the camera shows. So, um, you know, it's not like it was great suffering. But, you know, it's it's interesting to hear that. Yes, um, I, I'm I'm just impressed that you're doing this podcast blindfolded. So, um, <laughs> I mean, it's a challenge. I feel like that's a real commitment. <laughs> well, yeah, not to be able to look into your baby blues the whole time. I mean, that's a, that's uh, torture. I would love to yeah, be looking Kurt's, Kurt's eyes. Tough. <laughs> okay, so look, um, <laughs> segueing into uh, the the redemption. Uh, let's pick up where we we left off. And, and something I did want to say. I mean, maybe some other creational goods that we forgot to mention uh, that I did write down. Um, self-sacrifice is definitely a thing yeah. in the movie uh, that we've got to pick up on. And, and again, that should come as no surprise. There's no spoilers. They were not, you know, saying any, uh, anything. A couple major. of characters, a couple of characters, even ones that some of them that you don't like, or you're kind of iffy about end up, you know, becoming really important characters because of their willingness to sacrifice. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, and some of the, you know, as we were talking about, being a little heavy handed on some, I guess it wasn't heavy handed, just accurate on some of the criticism of the the movie. Uh, You know, it did borrow from a lot of other films. I mean, it's almost a rip off of the happening by M night Shyamalan, uh, which, Uh, well, uh, well, hold on. Hold on. on. I got lots of happening. You you can jump in. You can jump in. Hang on one second. Um, I've, I don't think I've ever seen the happening from beginning to end. I've seen bits and pieces and probably have ended up seeing the entire movie. I I am a big M. Night Shyamalan fan. I did not like that movie at all, and I agree with all the criticism. But, I mean, the wind blows, and it makes people commit suicide. So there's that for sure, okay? that That's mm-hmm. a part of it. Yeah. A Quiet Place. That, that- when, when, I, when I first saw Bird Box, uh, a trailer for it, I'm like, this is a ripoff of A Quiet Place, except they're blindfolded instead of, you know, can't speak. They've got to be silent. And so there's some of that. And I know, as you said, Body Snatchers maybe and um, some other ones. But it, it definitely made me think of some, some other movies. So go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that The Happening is a terrible movie. Um, it, like, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Real- it was really bad. Um, it was a low point for Mark Wahlberg and M. Night Shyamalan. So, well, and Mark Wahlberg uh, admitted it. I mean, he's one. He's yeah. going on record as saying how bad he hates that movie. Mm. So, anyway. But, yeah, I was going to ask. You have seen The Quiet Place, and I haven't seen it yet, mm-hmm. which I know people say it's really good, and I need to see it. But um, do you really feel like they're very similar movies? I think after I finished watching this, um, I'd say the similarities were less than I thought going in. Um, oh. I, I thought, you know, some of the concept was, was ripped off from it. And, you know, I mean, uh, listening to an interview recently with John Krasinski about A Quiet Place, I mean, that you know, that film was kind of two years in the making. I mean, he was putting a lot of time into that. And, um, you know, so who knows? Netflix gets catches wind of that and thinks, okay, how can we kind of tweak this? And I know Bird Box was uh, adapted from a novel, so who knows how long that was around. But um, there's not a lot of similarities. There there are some. Um, I would say, one, A Quiet Place is milder uh, for sure um, than 
Bird Box. It's not as tense. There are definitely tense scenes in A Quiet Place. Uh, it's not as scary, um, but uh, the story, I just liked a lot better. I mean, the production quality, all of it. I mean, the acting, I thought the acting was excellent in A Quiet Place. Um, I appreciated the story. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I liked A Quiet Place. And I, and I think, you know, A Quiet Place is something I, I want to see again for sure. Bird Box, I'm completely fine, you know, not watching it again. That was a little bit okay. of a ramble. That was a little bit of a ramble. So some might consider this mildly spoilery, but I, I would say this in such a way that I don't understand how it could possibly be a spoiler. But in this movie, uh, where you can, if you see something, it hurts you. Uh, it turns out that people who can't see anything um, have an advantage. Their disadvantage is turned into an advantage, and uh, that is a very um, that's an idea that is ripped straight from the gospel. The idea that out of the mouth of infants, the Lord is ordained strength. In other words, the Lord takes the weak things and he shames the strong with them. The things that are overlooked or the things that are ignored, the outcast, the disabled, the um, unimportant, the lame, whatever you want to say, that the Lord takes those and he does wondrous things with them. And, um, and obviously uh, that's, you know, that's something that we want to, you know, recognize as being a redemptive aspect of this movie hmm. yeah i think that's a good uh point kurt and and i do i know we're in kind of the redemption aspect and i want us i mean i guess two things one, one i want us to get back to the the possible you know social commentary on just social media um all screens. of that screens all of that um for sure but also you know bringing up a question and trying not to be too uh, spoilery as you said here um as well <laughs> you know, some of the the rules of their own story were, were inconsistent. I mean, some of the rules in Bird Box were somewhat inconsistent. Could you um, give me an example? Yeah, I mean, could – and I guess some of – you know, as you're playing off of the people, you know, who are disadvantaged, those who are blind, um, not being impacted by this, didn't the movie portray that there were still – some people out there who could harm you regardless of if you could see or not. I mean, there, there are some, yeah. some people that kind of so, roam around and try to, to harm other people yeah. regardless. of. So the vi- I mean, this is, I don't think this is a spoiler, but the villains in this movie are the, they're apparently the way this thing affects in the movie, in the movie universe, the way in which this event affects people is not universal. Most people end up killing themselves they end up seeing terrible things and hurting themselves. Uh, but some people see this and they think it's beautiful and they try to get other people to see it. Um, and they want everyone else to see it. And that, you know, what is their role in this movie? And if we want to jump back into, is this, you know, not an allegory, but is this a metaphor for, are these the people who sell us screens um, and are constantly trying to get us to look at screens and um, <laughs> instead of Net- looking at the Netflix. people. Around us. Yeah. <laughs> among others, Hypocrite. Netflix among others. Yeah. Or, or, you know, Apple, Google, etc. Or are they the internet trolls? You know, are they the people who are showing us not the internet, but just the worst parts of the internet? Are they the people who pour through Kevin Hart's, you know, tweets from 10 years ago and try to find something they can use to take him down. Are they the people who, you know, is, is that who these, these bad guys represent? And if, if the problem is, is that we're looking at screens, it, I mean, it would be really on the nose for them to be, you know, the trolls or for them to be 
but there's a lot of things that are on the nose about this movie. So, you know, that's another thing to consider um, mm-hmm. is what, what does that represent? You know, these bad guys who want everyone to see the thing and are, and seemingly unaffected by it. Mm-hmm. Um, what, I'm sorry. Yeah. That, that seemed, no, you go ahead. It seemed like another inconsistency uh, was, you know, those who were affected by this, did it also impact those who weren't affected by it when they looked in their eyes? You know, it seemed like they tried to avoid looking in their eyes. And I mean, I was just talking to Ashley about it and just, you know, there are ways in which people try to defend themselves and people have guns and and things like that. I was thinking, okay, look, if they're trying to protect themselves from these people, couldn't they just look at the ground and they can kind of see where their feet are and shoot them if they, if they need to, instead of being completely blindfolded and just having to shoot shoot blindly. I, I was confused by, did they just have to avoid eye contact with these people or what? No, I don't think eye contact. See, that's so funny that you think that. See, I don't think that eye contact is what did it. I think there was a like there is an entity. Well, there's that out too. there. There seems like there's yeah. two things. That's what's but, confusing. But if you remember at the very end when when they're checking to see if Sandra Bullock is a safe person, they want to look in her eyes yes. to see. So so obviously, like looking in a bad person's eyes is not like. Yeah, we can break down like, you know, I think there were some inconsistencies, but I I didn't find to me the biggest thing was like, where did you have to look in order to see whatever it is that hurts you? Because could you just could you put blinders on? Um, Could you, you know, could you put a, you know, something on that? um, Well, could you just look at the ground? Could you walk around just looking at the ground? I mean, is that mm -hmm. because, I mean, when you were inside the house, you could. You know, you didn't have to have a blindfold at all. So, uh, you know, is it just the outside? You know, once you're in a room with four walls and a roof, is that what's protecting you from this thing? I mean, if you had the front door wide open, I guess, yeah. I mean, you, you, that obviously would have gotten I think you. This, this is one of the weaknesses of the movie is, and this is, you know, I think when people watch these apocalyptic movies, what they, what they want out of it, they want a lot of things. But one of the things they want is they want to know, like, what is – people are interested in what exactly is happening, what went wrong, how it went wrong. You know, if you watch a lot of these zombie movies and again, not really my forte, but I've seen a few is like what most interesting parts of those movies are typically like how it all started. Like someone was infected and this happened and this happened. And that is like, you know, people get real lots. I guess certain people get really interested in, you know, what are the rules of this world and how this happened and how will it be beaten back or how will it be defeated? And, that's probably the weakness of bird box is the, you, you just don't, you just don't really know a lot about it. Um, and you, you don't ever get to learn like what exactly is going on. And it does, it brings up an interesting point. I think for, for me at least is, uh, you know, we, we know as Christians, God is the master storyteller. And so we're all created in his image. And so we have this desire for story in us and we have a desire to tell stories and create stories and we're inferior storytellers. You know, our stories are going to have inconsistencies and contradictions. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just proof of it. I mean, the greatest literature, greatest movies, there are go- there's going to be inconsistencies and, and criticism for sure. And of course, we know plenty of unbelievers try to do that to Scripture and try to say it contradicts itself. And, you know, it's inconsistent here and there. And uh, we as Christians know it's not. And Scripture never contradicts um, itself. And so I think just with any story, 
you're going to be able to critique it. And sometimes we can be just too harsh on certain stories and, and all that. And so, um, anyway, I, th- I think it's a good uh, point for us to consider and to look at, uh, again, just to be thinkers, not to disengage from a movie and just kind of watch it and, okay, let's move on to the next thing, as we talked about kind of in binge watching um, last week, that we should, as Christians, just kind of reflect a little bit. Okay, what is this saying and what were some points in which we can uh, kind of uh, critique I think another point is what we're talking about, redemption, is as we consume movies, is also looking, okay, what are some um, some truths that are being communicated through this you know, cultural artifact that we're talking about? And we need to be cautious in that, too. I know sometimes it's like we're always trying to find some Christian message from here, but we know that mm-hmm. you know, there is, you know, this is a form of general revelation. And so God is speaking through movies and there's no way you can keep him silent. Um, so there are truths we can mine from this. And I think one of these we're saying is, um, you know, somewhat of a comment about screens. Uh, and so Kurt, I know we've talked a little bit about this. Is there, is there some other points? Are there some other points you would like to make about some of the, um, maybe the messages from the movie about screens and, and all that? Uh, yeah. So I think that there is a backlash against screens. And I think the things that we love, that we think are making our lives easier are actually hurting us. And it's interesting to see that we're like, the church has been saying that for a little bit, but I think that now the larger culture is saying it too. It's, it's picking up on the idea that we just can't spend our lives staring into this blue light um, and that it's, it's, it's depressing us. And, you know, if that's what the message of this movie is, then it, you know, I will, you know, say, well done. You know, it's an artful way to get that message across because I think that's a message worthy of spreading is that, um, you know, these screens might be stealing a significant portion of our life. Um, from us um, and really hurting us. So if that's what it's about, then I'll say, well, well done. That's good. We picked up on the message. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, again, it's, it's fun to kind of discuss these things and to see just the, the power of moving pictures of, you know, cinema and how you can create these messages. And, you know, as Christians and, and again, as parents on this podcast, we do need to be modeling this to our children and teaching this to our children and helping them uh, to think about deeper messages on the screen. And I do need to give a shout out to my sister, Emily, um, because she had seen this before me and I texted her this morning and said, Hey, I saw it. And she said, Hey, look, there's an article um, about, uh, this very point, you know, is Bird Box. And I think, okay, the article is entitled Bird Box is the first great monster movie um, about this poison. Um, I'm sorry, about this poisonous invention. Uh, so anyway, I did just want to uh, say that. And we'll, we'll again put links up uh, to this in our, our show notes. Um, there, there's also in that very article I just referenced, uh, there's uh, some people saying, could Bird Box be about racism? I um, mean, there's mm. an article link there, and then I read that article, and I I I thought that was a much weaker argument, but um, you know, it says in the article there are also subplots on motherhood, and nature, and even alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they and again, the, this article I reference discusses some of that, but um, it is, uh, I mean. You know, Kurt, I feel like we can sound like broken records sometimes on this podcast uh, talking about the the dangers of social media and screens. But, you know, when when a Netflix movie that's, you know, streamed by 45 million people 
uh, it seems to be kind of ref- referencing some of this. Uh, this is showing, okay, our culture might be waking up to this because as we've said plenty of times on here, this is still, you know, smartphones and social media, fairly new inventions we're still learning how to deal with. And I think some of what we've learned is, hey, we don't know how to deal with these things and we have abused them in plenty mm-hmm. of ways. And so uh, we personally need to be cautious of this, but definitely as we're, we're dealing with, uh, preteens and teens, uh, teaching them, uh, just, you know, basically about self-control, uh, when it comes to binging shows, getting on social media, sharing whatever we want. I mean, as we opened up, uh, part one of this very podcast, I mean, looking at Kevin Hart and all of that, um, all connected. So anyway, those are just some thoughts, Kurt. I know we're, we're starting to wrap this up a little bit. I feel like we've done enough justice to a, a mediocre movie, uh, by talking about it. Uh, anything else, uh, we can squeeze out of this before we go to our cultural artifacts. Uh, I would just say that, um, of course, uh, left to their own devices, teenagers come come up with some pretty dumb things to do. And uh, there is a, I think there was a thing on the internet about the bird box challenge where you just do a bunch of things blindfolded. You try to do things blindfolded, including doing some really dangerous things blindfolded. And this is just a shout out to anyone who happens to be listening to this. Don't do that. It's not, it's not funny. We actually filmed a bird box parody for our youth account with a little video um, for our youth account. And we made blindfolds that had holes in them so that we could see um, and then just always filmed from one side. So, um, and I, I and almost you put, shared that on social media, right? Well, well on, on a protected account where only our youth can see it. So, but I almost put a disclaimer on the video. that was like, Hey, we did this safely. Don't do anything dumb. I almost put that on there because, um, and it's sometimes I feel like you shouldn't have to tell people not to do something stupid, but, um, you know, people that I don't, I don't think people really get to exercise self-control by you telling them don't do it. Um, (laughs) they need to think about it for themselves, but obviously we don't want to get caught up in that. Um, we don't want our students to get caught up in that. We don't, we don't want to do anything foolish. So, Anyway, avoid the bird box challenge. So, so is that your cultural artifact, the bird box challenge? Uh, I want to hear okay. yours first. Okay. Um, I was trying to think, and, and Kurt and I have said, you know, there are times where we have shared cultural artifacts and then times where we have forgotten. And so, hey, season two, we are making a promise. Is that too strong to say what we're going to be more consistent in this? And so um, I guess the cultural artifact is just a, a book I came across recently uh, that might be helpful. Um, the title is Living in a Gray World, and the subtitle is A Christian Teen's Guide to Understanding Homosexuality. Um, and it's written by Preston Sprinkle. Um, so I know that is a very controversial topic. Um, I mean, again, one of those things that goes without saying, but it needs to be said. And so let me just say, I have not finished this book. I've only read the introduction and I've read chapters, I think one and two. Um, so it's a resource I think we need to read, um, as you know, parents and youth workers, there, there are not a lot of books that are specifically, you know, addressing the subject of homosexuality, uh, written for teenagers. Um, and so, Anyway, that's just something out there I want people to be aware of. I know people could feel 
um, you know, a lot of different ways about this. So again, trying to be cautious in how I communicate and be respectful, but also just let people know, Hey, this is a resource that's out there called living in a gray world. Um, right now, uh, the Kindle version of it is available for $3 and 49 cents, which that's very cheap. Um, so, uh, you might want to go uh, check that out and it's published th- through Zondervan, uh, just so you know, and it's only 160 pages long. So that's fairly short. Uh, Kurt, you got anything? No. Um, I, I'm, let's just call it right there. I've got one, but I want to save it for our next episode. So can we do that? Yeah. Kurt enjoyed our conversation today. Uh, next week, uh, Kurt, what are we going to be talking about? Well, you know, this is the time, John, when people, uh, it's a new year and a new you and people are doing new year's resolutions. They're talking about, um, how they're going to, uh, change their life. Maybe they want to lose a little weight. Maybe they want to tidy up their house. You know, who knows whatever your New Year's resolution is. I'm not against them or for them. You know, I think they're um, they can be useful. I think it's good to remind yourself that God's mercies are new every morning. Uh, all that to say that uh, I think next week what we're going to talk about is how to uh, how to be a more literate Christian in 2019. Like specifically how to know the Bible better and how to read the Bible, how to read it. Um, maybe what are the obstacles to reading it? Um, everything that goes, everything that's involved with staying in the word. So I think we're going to cover that next week. Um, so yeah, I'll be and look- then also mm-hmm. yeah, trying to help our, uh, children and students. Uh, yeah. How to better readers of the Bible too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what we're going to be covering so, Kurt, this week. You want to take us out? Uh, sure guys. It's been great to have you. Um, I know, Maybe you haven't seen Bird Box yet, and you're like, why are these guys talking about it? And to you listeners, I apologize. Um, but uh, if you have if you have students who are talking about it or, seen them or, or have seen it, um, hopefully uh, our conversation has helped you, uh, and you'll be able to talk about it intelligently um, and maybe even direct that conversation towards some real spiritual truths. Uh, John, it's great to talk to you, and we'll see you all next week. Sounds good. See you, Kurt.